Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Relatable Real Estate Podcast. We are two young realtors who talk everything Vancouver real estate while keeping it relatable. Today, we have a very special guest. He runs a successful family real estate team. He's also licensed for real estate as well as property management, which makes him one of the most patient human beings on the planet. He is Mr. Carmine Catropa. Hey, guys. How are you doing? How are you doing today? It's, it's Friday. It's you Friday. Know, it's Friday, you know? Can't go wrong with that. Also, but even even then, even though it's Friday for on the weekday, I still work every day. Absolutely, no, you're a stud. <laughs> and also recently engaged. Congratulations! <laughs> you saw you. that. Yes, thank no, you. No, that's so big. Much. No, you're heading into thank the end you. of the year uh, with a big milestone. So mm-hmm. uh, usually, we when we have someone on, we just like to talk a little about your story. So do you mm-hmm. mind just letting the people know, you know, how you go into real estate, property management, uh, what that kind of looked like? Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, it's mainly my dad. He's been doing it for over 30 years. Wow. He's mainly first worked out of Vancouver mm-hmm. over at Royal, Royal Pacific Realty mm-hmm. and was doing it for a bit. Then I got my license from real estate, wow, two years ago now. And wow. so I, just as I was getting licensed, he decided to switch over to Stonehouse Realty, provided that opportunity for myself. Mm-hmm. And shortly after I got licensed, my brother got licensed as well too. Mm-hmm. So we all now work together on our real estate team, Katropa Group. Heck yeah. So, yeah. So besides us doing real estate, we're also well-versed in property management. Nice. And the where that came from was when my dad was helping clients buy properties, they would buy them as investment properties. Yes. And then after a while, uh, my dad was getting all this stuff from uh, clients saying, hey, um, we're actually too busy to actually manage these properties ourselves. Do you think we could pay you a fee and you can do it? But I went, okay, sounds good. He started yeah. doing it as a favor for his clients yeah but shortly after he got well versed in how to manage a property totally what to look for to qualify tenants to make sure they pay on time get statements up and running for clients so they can write it off for their tax mm-hmm. tax off absolutely blah, blah, blah. might want to edit that <laughs> to you know help clients um you know create statements for them for the year ends and mm-hmm. stuff like that but after a while it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and now we're at roughly 200 residential and commercial property wow. we manage all the way from kitsilano and all the way all the way west to Kitsilano and then all the way east to Langley and wow. everything in between. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yes, I mean, sir. I think the main question I have is what's it like being in a family business? Is that uh, <laughs> sure that's brought out some decent arguments? Well, or? well, you know, when you have a bunch of Italians running a business together, they can, they can either go all mafiosos wearing suits every day. Yeah. Oh, no, no, <laughs> jokes, jokes. Or, um, you know, of course there's going to be headbutting, but that's with any family business regardless. Totally. But at the end of the day, we all work together and care for one another of course kind so, of leave leave it at the door when you guys get home or is it just it's a, it's a it's a mix yeah it becomes a mix because something pops up we take care of it while we're at home but it happens anywhere too with us so we, we can work from home work at our office that we have here even when we're away if we really need to respond to something that's immediate and emergent we'll take care of it while we're away too. 100%. we try our best not to because it's a vacation time right yeah but, so i think it's fair to say that you know quite a few of the viewers have a pretty good idea of what the you know real estate side of things entail but as you, you know you being a property manager what do the actual uh duties look like and what are your responsibilities yes. if you're hired to manage property so first things first is besides with the rental restrictions being gone now don't worry about with the strata mm-hmm. being in place there now what we do is um we first come by your property yep. to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And before we even do that, we do something called a rental comparative, rental comparative market analysis. Okay. So we, t- we ask for the, the information about your property, square footage, bedroom, mm-hmm. age, 
If you have any photos, please send us any photos of it. Yeah. From there, we take a look to see what's um, recently been added mm-hmm. on the rental market to see what people are currently asking for. We mm-hmm. go by which then after doing the comparable for your property mm-hmm. to other people's, we come take a physical view of your property to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. We're able to give you a more accurate number. Yeah. And if you agree upon that number or you have a certain number in mind, we don't mind renting it up, putting it, advertising it for that amount. Mm-hmm. We discuss um, our fees, mm-hmm. go over that. We can talk about that later, but yep. just get streamline it for yep. now. So from there, after have a contract in place, we start posting uh, rental ads on multiple websites mm-hmm. and the added benefit of us being realtors as well yeah we're able to post on mls yeah which realtors use to post their uh, yep. uh real estate listings but because we've accessed what we could post rental listings on there too yeah which in turn gets reposted to four or five other websites to increase yep. viewer potential tenants that may want to come out and rent it mm-hmm. so we mainly post on facebook which is the biggest place that we get a lot of action a lot of people yep. reach out followed by craigslist interesting craigslist is while not as reliable, you do get a, a decent amount of people. Yeah. And then from there, if we're really having struggling with it, it's based off the market or the price point or yada, yada, yada. Yeah. We do Kijiji. Okay. We, we, don't, we don't get as much action on Kijiji. <laughs> say, I don't know if I've ever used that site yeah, before. <laughs> but it's it's sometimes you get you get a little magic out of that website. 100%. Sometimes. But not always. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's better to say you posted that and not posted that. A hundred percent. Then we do MLS, which gets pre-posted onto realtor.ca. Yeah. Rentals.com, which is a great website. If you're a tenant watching this podcast, this is a great website to look for yourself too. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few others. Zillow. Zillow. I don't Zillow. really like Zillow as much. Yeah. I'm not a big fan. Um, but yeah, after that, mm-hmm. after it gets um, posted all there, we have tenants contacting us saying, hey, I really like this. I want to see it. Yeah. We don't set up the showings right away. Okay. We pre-qualify them first. Huge. So we go, we ask them, okay, um, what's your, uh, who would be moving in with you? Mm-hmm. What do you do for work? Mm-hmm. What's your reason for moving? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have any pets? Yep. And are you okay with this date and time? And a year's, and are you doing minimum of a, say, a year lease? Yeah. And then, yada, 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 bang, 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 depending on the answers. We then, then ske- schedule showings off there. Because... We don't want to bring in tenants that aren't exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Or say, for example, if an owner says uh, no pets and they have pets, unfortunately, we don't want to waste your time. Mm-hmm. Some of the one wants to rent it out and vice versa. Yeah. So we want to get in the people that we pre-qualify first. Mm-hmm. And then once we have all together, we get the showings all yeah. set up. We meet them in person. We then qualify them there. We give them an application form if we, if we like them. And then afterwards, once we receive the application forms, we then qualify them again based off doing reference checks. Yeah. And then from there, if we have someone we like, we'll contact you, the owner, yeah. saying, hey, just so you know, we found someone. This is who they are. Bing, blah, blah, blah. You know, give them all the explanation about them. And if you approve as the owner, you give me the give us the go ahead. We then collect the damage deposit from them. We get the lease and the addendum written up for everyone to sign. We then arrange the from that point on, we arrange the walkthrough, give them the keys of first month's rent. Yeah. And then once the property's been rented out, we follow up with, we do monthly inspections on the property nice. to make sure that they don't punch, punch, punch a hole yeah. in the wall. They're not scratching the floor, ripping up the carpet, yeah. making sure everything's in the same condition as it was before. There's There may be wear and tear, but that's to be expected with yeah. any rental property, anywhere you live in. So it sounds like the biggest thing I'm getting is you guys do a whole lot of due diligence. We do, which, we is, which is huge. Because also, as I said before, we manage 200 residential commercial properties. Yeah. 
we try to get tenants in there that we would invite over for dinner. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Ourselves, you know, good people. And because we manage some complexes, like townhouse complexes or some low rises where we manage a majority of the units in there too, mm-hmm. we don't want to have get one bad egg in there and they start causing problems for yeah, everyone else where exactly. no one was doing any issues before. So yeah. we want to, you know, create good environments for people to live in. Yeah. So I think real quick, yeah. there's quite a few people that are, you know, still renting yeah. at that, you know, watch this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you, can you give one maybe pro tip and then one red flag item, do not do this for anyone, like for you screening a tenant, what's one thing you really always look at and you have, you know, has to be a certain way. And one thing that just, if you see it, you're like, no go, there's no chance. Well, for, for that aspect, I would say, um, the biggest pro tip I will ever say, yeah, it may work out good or bad in your favor. Okay. Don't lie. Oh, for do yeah. not lie about if you if you're withholding something, yeah. sure, that's one thing. If it's something very personal that you can't disclose, mm-hmm. that I understand. I'm not asking for that. Yeah. But don't lie about the the amount of people living there. Yeah. Or don't lie about your reason for moving. Yeah. If it's like if you're moving at your parents' house or you're going something personal with a partner of yours and need space, that I understand. Just give yeah. me the bare minimum. Yeah. But if you tell me that you're moving out because your landlord's selling the property, where in actuality you're getting kicked out. Yeah. As a realtor, I can find that out exactly. if that's the case or not. Because exactly. I can I can contact, I can see if that property's been listed on the market. Is that something you do? Like, what, oh, I do yeah, absolutely. Their past if, if, address. If, if, if you tell me that the reason you're moving is because the owner is selling the property, I can look up the property that you give me to ensure that's the case. To see it's active. And if you give me a, if you give me a false address. Oh. Or I go, I go right away. I'm like, I'm not even considering you because if you're gonna lie to me about this, what else are you gonna lie to us about? And then from there, it's gonna cause all headaches and mistrust. And I don't want to mistrust. I like, I do my best to trust people. Transparency yeah. and, and transparency, and be honest as much as I can with anyone that, that I engage with in this in this business. So anyone renting, do not give Carmine your pass address <laughs> at one two three Sunshine <laughs> Ave. Because he will find out and you will not get his property. <laughs> just, uh, be, just be honest. That's no, the only thing that's, I would say. Huge. Red flag. Um, I guess, I guess also it's, lying. It's, it's, also, <laughs> it's also lying. Yeah. Um, so I guess honesty, if you, you know, anyone wanting to rent, honesty is key. When you guys were in school or when you're younger, getting raised by your parents, when you heard the term honesty is the best policy, yeah. that still applies in adult life too. 100%. So. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on here. Uh, do you mind letting us know just a little bit what roughly, uh, what rates to expect, you know, as a uh, landlord there, if you're going to be using, you know, property management services? Okay. So this answer is going to be unique. Okay. Because. We like unique. We, because uh, we charge different rates compared to what mo- other property management companies do. Okay. So what you can expect from other companies mm-hmm. is they charge a percentage of the rent. Okay. So say, for example, uh, you hire John A. from 123 Property Management Company. Mm-hmm. They tell you, oh, we do 10% of your rent. Yeah. It's a good and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, they rent out your townhouse, your townhouse, your hypothetical townhouse that you have. For $2,500, yeah. just, just a flat, easy number. Mm-hmm. 10% of that, that's what, $250. Yeah. Then, ten, after a year, the tenant moves out, and now you ask, hey, can you rent it out for more money? Can you make it three grand? Yeah. What happens then? Same pr- same thing, rent 10% goes of up. that. It, rent goes up, and then the fee goes up too at $300 a month. An extra 600 bucks a year is gone Exactly, now. but yeah. then the more that the rent increases, you're getting more but so is that 
property management company. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we do, we do a flat fee. Yeah. We negotiate a flat fee. We have a st- standard like could be anywhere from if it's a smaller property can be 150 200. Mm-hmm. If it's a uh, a few properties are giving us, we can negotiate a flat fee, but mm-hmm. we just do like just a straight flat fee. And let's say for example, Cade, you like Carmen, I want you to rent out my apartment for me. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, Cade, I can do that for you for you know, 200. Yeah. A year goes by, tenant moves out. Okay, can you re-rent it? Sure. Same fee, $200. Yeah. So that's the kind of way that we like to be competitive with other property management totally. companies. And especially too, like the advantage that you guys have, like you said, you know, especially with investors, mm-hmm. the fact that you can keep up with the market in itself, like that just kind of puts you guys over the edge, which well, of course. Uh, is, is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on here, interesting mm-hmm. question I actually had. Yeah. How do you prospect for landlords? Because I mean, for us, mm-hmm. like we can look at expireds, we can, you know, social media, all that. What do you, like, how do you guys find business? So there's two main ways that we find business. Okay. We prospect off. Uh, rental ads that we see on the market for a while. Oh, that are like stuck. Not that like, are stuck like for a month or more. We'll go, hey, okay. uh, my name's so-and-so. Mm-hmm. My name's Carmen. I don't know why I said so-and-so. My name's, <laughs> <laughs> my name's Carmen. I'm, I'm a property manager. Yeah. Uh, I manage this many properties, yada, yada, yada. I see that you um, have your rental property on here for about a month. Do you need any advice or any help at all in terms of uh, what you're trying to do mm-hmm. or what's going on? Yeah. And then we go from there. If okay. they say, no, thank you, I say, no problem. But I always say to them, if you're still um, in the situation a week or two from now, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. Yeah. Or I can follow up with you at that point, too, if you're still like this. And I can talk to you about any advice if you wanted me to give you. Second thing is a lot of it is actually from referral base. Interesting. From our clients okay. or other realtors. Yeah, and it's kind of like us too, right? Referrals, like word of mouth is huge. That's yes. usually what's going to get well, you the most business. That's the best way that we find business because mm-hmm. the best thing you could trust word of mouth. At the of end course. Of the day. I'm going to listen to my neighbor overseeing an online ad of a stranger of with a, a suit on, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Of course. Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of it is referral based. Mm-hmm. And when we get referral based, mm-hmm. not from realtors, but from other clients of ours, that yeah. our end goal is we want to manage this property for you. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we would like to get more referrals from you. Or even if you decide you want to sell this exactly. property you're managing out, be more than happy to do that for you. You guys have but, like the domino effect of yes. uh, potential business, which yes. is huge. And we also, oh, uh, to go back to rates too, by the way, just to go back to your rates question. Sure. We also do uh, two different ways of renting out properties for you. Okay. If you just want the tenant yep. and you want to rent it out yourself, mm-hmm. we do... Um, a flat fee of a full month's rent as a startup fee. Okay. Whereas if we are managing it for you month to month, yeah, we do a flat fee and then a startup fee of half a month's rent. Mm, okay. And if the tenant moves out, breaks their lease for one year in between when they first rented it out to then um, they move out, like say rented out October 1st, 2023, they move out mm. July 1st, 2024. Mm. Okay, just say hypothetically. Uh, and they move out, break the lease, uh, and we re-rent it for you. We don't charge an startup fee. That's huge. Just to let you Because I feel like in, in Vancouver, like Greater Vancouver, that's really popular. Oh, yeah. A lot of people break the lease. Yeah. Like there's so much diversity well, over here. Stuff, stuff happens, right? Like of course. family back home if you're yeah. in another country. Or totally. I need to go move or I got a job opportunity. It happens. Absolutely. But what we do as well is a kind of a way to um, help enforce that 
doesn't really happen or if it has to happen and you're okay with it mm. is that we put in um, an, an addendum saying if you break the lease you forfeit your, your deposit yeah no that makes as sense. a way to kind of like people that are kind of fish iffy and like yeah want to stay they say they want to rent out for you but then you want to build after. security right you know yes. it makes sure it's gonna last exactly um, before we move on here, one final question for you. When you, for prospecting, when you see these listings that are sitting on, you know, online ads for yeah. quite a while, I think for us, when we see a lot of these properties, the biggest thing is that it's um, overpriced or not priced correctly. Mm-hmm. What would you say is kind of the most popular reason for these rental ads for any landlords at home um, of why they stay in the market and why they're not getting rented out? It's ma- it's mainly due to, it could be the photos that you use. Okay. It could be the you're not showing off the majority of the property. Mm-hmm. You say it's three bedrooms, but you only show the one. Yeah. Because any potential tenants are probably going to scratch their head going, why does it, why does it say it's three bedrooms, but it's only one? Yeah. Maybe in the description of the listing, it could not give enough more information in terms of what the terms are of any potential agreement that you may have upon renting it. Yeah. Say, is it a one-year lease? Are pets allowed? Um are you okay if we rent it out for six months? You know, it's going to be a bunch of questions. And it's better, the more information you can provide in the listing to answer all these questions any potential tenants may have, the better. Yeah. The third thing is definitely the price. Yeah. Because if you have a rental listing on the market for more than three to four weeks or even a month, mm-hmm. it's a good chance that you may, be, you may be priced too high. Yeah. And you can tell when you're priced right or yeah. priced under, if you price something really cheap, you're going to get a bunch of messages within the first hour. Happens yeah. all the time. And you can adjust that price after the fact. You can delete the ad and repost it again at yeah. a different price. It's not like real estate where you have to jump through hoops and hurdles to get yeah. it repri- repriced. Um, with rental ads, you can ask really whatever you'd like. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going to find back really quickly if you're <laughs> overpriced or not. Yeah. Or if you're asking way too much. Yeah. It's so you you got to find that sweet spot where you're going to find a good qu- tenant that you can qualify that's going to treat the property well and you can ask for the price that works for yourself and for the owner. A hundred percent. I think with the, the photos there too, that's so huge. Cause even for us, like sometimes on the MLS, the photos, it literally looks like somebody like took a photo with a microwave. Like it looks mm. so bad yeah. and you're like, you, you don't get to see the full glimpse of that property. Yeah. Right. It can also be to um, location. Yeah. Could be of a busy street and people are like, I don't really want to live in a busy street. Yeah. It, 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 there's a whole different, types of possibilities for why you're not getting enough action in your property yeah it could be the time of year too yeah because for example we're in december right now mm-hmm. and a lot of people right now aren't really thinking of wanting to move yeah they're more thinking i want to spend the holidays with my family think then, about it and new then year. yeah and then after the holidays happen you go oh it's oh it's already the new year yeah maybe i'll make them make some changes in january Sweet. So I guess just moving on here, um, do you mind, I guess, kind of breaking down a little bit of the realities of being a property manager in Vancouver? I feel like there's a lot of stigmas and opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the pros and cons of a market as aggressive as Vancouver? Well, what you're going to find in terms of the property management side mm-hmm. is that Vancouver is probably one of the more popular cities in the world. Yeah. So you're going to have tons of people wanting to move here and live here. Yeah. So what you're going to find is you can have an influx of tenants. Yeah. So you're going to have tons of people wanting to rent out all the time, whether it's for business, mm-hmm. for, I guess, personal reasons for why moving here. Yeah. You're going to just have an abundance of tenants. Tenants. Okay. That's both a good and yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> it's a good thing because you have tons to choose from choose from yeah bad thing is you have to make sure to qualify a lot of sifting and (laughs) a lot of sifting and a lot of making sure that you're making the correct choice yeah as well as advising the owner making the correct choice too because at the end of the day you can 
quaff all you want, but it's your client's choice at the end of the day of who they want to rent it out or not. Yeah. And so you can go, this is my professional opinion that I think we should give it to these people, mm-hmm. but let me know what you think. Okay. And it's their decision. So that's a pro and con, I would say. Yeah. Also, too, I would say it as a pro is how big Vancouver is. Yes. So there's tons, tons of <laughs> potential properties that you can rent out. Yeah. Especially now with the rental restrictions being gone now. Mm-hmm. So that's even opening up even more to what it was. Yeah. The bad is sometimes you'll get, the thing that I stay away from as a property manager is when people do the rental rooms. Oh, Each dude. room is into the rented. No. I, say, I don't even I know say, how that's legal, to be honest it, with you. It, it, to be honest, it's I understand like, oh, it opens up tenancies, but it's like at the same time, you're adding a lot of risk yeah. to the property and to other people that are living there, depending if you just if you just need a head to rent out the space to help pay for the rent, yeah. you may bring in a potential bad egg if you're not careful, even on the tenant side if you're doing that. 100%. So I would just be careful from that and I stay away from that because that causes way too many headaches and complicates things. Would you say like, you know, as, as big as Vancouver is with a lot of buyers co- or sorry, tenants coming in, would you say that there the balance of supply and demand is there? Is it super one-sided for there's too many tenants, not enough properties or well, really just depends? It all depends and apparently tenants only make up 35% of, of uh, all uh, real estate apparently. And like from what I heard, Vancouver, where the majority is owner-based. Yeah. So and it may seem like a lot of properties are rented out, but there are actually a lot of owner-occupied there too from my, from my understanding. I could be completely wrong in that, no, but from but what I've recently read, apparently it's not as big of a percentage as I originally thought it was. Yeah, like I think Vancouver has this like idea behind it that there's just a ton of like, you know, foreign buyers, super wealthy people that just buy up these houses and condos and mm-hmm. just let them sit. Um, so, I mean, hopefully with that new rental restriction, that's going to open well, a lot of doors. Also as well, too, to go back to kick off the heel off your uh, foreign buyer. Mm-hmm. They're actually getting rid of foreign buyers January yeah. 1st onwards. So any stigma for that won't be in place anymore. Yeah. I mean, do you believe that or do you think that there's uh I mean, I've heard that it's going to happen, but there's still so many like ways that they if they wanted to, they could buy it, right? Well, but I mean, at the same time, they're going to put everything in down on paper to try to repeat. Yeah. No, for well, sure. It's right. an effort, right? It's an effort. Yeah. But it should have been done 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, just for <laughs> well, the not for the ban, but in terms of um I guess restricting yeah. that kind of process a bit. They should have done that 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating even for me when I go to, you know, some of these walkthroughs of clients, these open houses, and it's vacant, and then a, a seller tells you it's been vacant for three years. Mm-hmm. You just, like, you know, to know that somebody could have been in there, um, and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody now is is struggling to find a place and rent skyrocketing, like, yeah. it, it is... Uh, it's it's conflicting, but of course I understand every every situation is different. Absolutely. Um, I guess another thing to talk about uh, cash flow positive properties. Yep. Um, basically, for those of you that don't know, it's essentially where you can make money monthly renting out a property. What are the realities of that here? Because I th- you know, from my understanding, I think a lot of people what we've been told is essentially in Vancouver because property is so expensive you're willing to lose, you know, maybe two, 300 bucks a month on the renting side, but then you sell it four years later and you make a hundred grand, which makes up for it. Okay. Um, what is the truth behind that? Is it obviously, you know, it depends, but uh, what do you kind of see? On there that is basis? a truth, but it's also a big possibility to have a cash positive flow. Yeah. It all depends on first things first, getting the proper research before you make any commitment to purchasing a property. Yeah. Find out what the mortgage is going to be on the property and yeah. then find out what you can rent it for. Because mm-hmm. realistically, if you go in with no knowledge of any of that, mm-hmm. you may most likely end up in a cash negative flow for a bit until yeah. you can increase the rent or, or if the tenant moves out, rent it for a higher amount. Yeah. But 
you should realistically do your research, ask professionals, mm-hmm. ask mortgage professionals, real estate professionals, and property management managers to say, hey, based on today's current market, this is what your mortgage is going to be. Mm-hmm. This is what you can probably buy it for. Mm-hmm. And this is what you can rent it out for. Yeah. And it, it all depends too whether you're buying multiple properties. If you're buying multiple properties with the intent to rent them out, there's a good chance you can get a cash flow positive too on that. Mm-hmm. But again, do your research. Yeah, or reach out to people like you. There you go, exactly. <laughs> again, that's a huge advantage that you have, right? You know, yeah. having those both sides. Um, and I think kind of being an expert in that space, is there any areas in the lower mainland that you feel like, you know, rent really well? Mm-hmm. Um, or if I was to come, you say, hey, what area should I be looking at? I mean, what are some of the places you may, uh, or I guess, come to mind? Well, what I've always found to be a huge area people want to live live in is Commercial Drive in Vancouver. Okay. People really like it because the way that I view it too is you're just outside of downtown Vancouver, mm-hmm. but you don't have to deal with downtown Vancouver. Yes. So you have that nice nightlife that is Commercial Drive. You get all those restaurants and bars yeah. there and some pretty good coffee shops on there too. Yeah. But um, you're not in the you know, the fast paced area that is downtown Vancouver. So I feel like that's a very hot spot area. Yeah. And people want to be there, I would say. Is there a big truth for you? Like, you know, so many times, uh, especially if I've dealt with people that want to buy a property as an investment, they're like, it needs to have a SkyTrain. It needs to be by a SkyTrain for transportation. Is there a big truth behind that? Or is that something you kind of laugh at when, uh, you know, people say, people want to buy a property and yeah and it just it has they think it has to be by you know some form of big transportation system for tenants right it's not a, it's not a requirement mm. i will say i mean it's a nice plus to have yeah because totally. you can advertise it as such you can't really increase the rent based off yeah of that. No, <laughs> i exactly. mean you could try and you can see what happens yeah <laughs> but i've also been to some properties that are beside a SkyTrain station yeah. and i'm guessing they don't get much sleep cause... well well that's too right it's yeah. you're you're it's a double-edged sword for yeah. a lot of the stuff that you may want be, if you can be if you can be as close as you can to a sky train, mm-hmm. you're gonna be up every couple minutes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Roars by, yeah. but I mean location is key too. Yeah. If you have that nice sweet spot, then sure. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, as a owner that wants to have certain requirements, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend again talking to any property management or real estate professionals to give an opinion of how much that makes up. Yeah. You know, and uh, an interest for potential tenants. For so. sure. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, Daniel and I really like to talk about, especially this podcast, a lot of times for first time home buyers, mm-hmm. uh, we usually see the most activity for condos, like those entry level homes. Okay. Would you say it's roughly the same for you? Like if you were given a detached house, townhouse, and let's say a one bedroom condo, mm-hmm. do you think it would be, you know, I wouldn't say easiest, but maybe quickest to fill that condo space? So what I would say is there are a lot more people that are able to, uh, I would say, keep it in their budget for an apartment. Yeah. Not so much for a house, depending on the size of the house. Yes. It'll, it'll, it'll vary too, mm-hmm. depending on location. Yes. Because a house in Surrey, a house in Richmond, and a house in Vancouver are all going to vary yes. if, they're similar, <laughs> if they're similar square footage and bedroom sizes. Yeah. It'll all vary. And also the quality, or, the, or it's not the quality, the condition mm-hmm. that is at each of those properties too. So yeah. it, it'll vary. Yeah. Like, was... but the thing is, like, there's a high demand in, to live in Vancouver. Yeah. There's a demand in Surrey, but it's not nowhere near as much as it is in Vancouver, mm-hmm. for example, or Richmond, yeah. or Burnaby, or Coquitlam. It, again, it's each individual rental market is different from one another. No, that makes sense. And yeah. again, I was talking with somebody too that uh, they had a client that was renting out a home uh, just by UBC there for fifteen grand a month. Okay. Um, so I mean, I guess there's uh, 
there's homes for everyone <laughs> with yeah. all kind oh, of budgets. Yeah. Um, I guess before we move on here, um, you know, realities of being in Vancouver, very fast paced, very money driven. Mm-hmm. Do you often come across greedy owners? I don't say greedy, but I guess some people that are very fixated <laughs> on absolutely squeezing out that dollar. Cause so I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call them greedy. Of course. I would call them, they have a certain price point in mind and they ha- mm-hmm. want to, maybe they're feeling tight on the mortgage. Yeah. Or maybe they've been told one way, but haven't been properly advised the other. Exactly. So the main thing is whenever situations come up like this, when someone has a certain price point in mind, I like to discuss with them is where if I ask why you have a certain price point in mind, mm-hmm. and I can give you the, not the reality, but in terms of provide them with proof and evidence of like, yeah. I understand what you're saying for this price point, but based off market ev- market research that I've done for mm-hmm. your property, this is what you can get it at. And I completely understand if you don't want to rent it out now, Yeah. that's completely fine. Yeah. Or if you want to use another property, but I'd rather be upfront and honest with you from what I found here. Of course. And that's like us for the selling side too, yeah. right? It's the same thing. Some people have some difficult expectations to counter. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the main thing too, as well, Kate, is that for these clients that have situations like this or mm-hmm. p- people that have situations like this where they have a certain price point in mind, I don't want to lie to them and tell them, Oh, absolutely. I can get you four grand for your apartment downtown. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's yeah. see what happens. And then a month or two goes by and we've wasted each other's times. So exactly. I don't want to do that to anyone. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's this misconception. I see it on, you know, social media and these younger people when they talk that the idea of like a landlord is like this super wealthy, evil person that is basically a slumlord. And it's just, it's not the case, right? Like we've met people, you yeah. know, hardworking tradesmen that over the years yeah. they buy a couple properties and it's like they're everyday people, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely. I just, think. I think people will be surprised for the tenants that I, some tenants that I have, when you meet the owners, you go, you're, you're not at all what I was expecting yeah. in terms of who the property owner would be. You would have n- no idea. No, exactly. No. So I understand, I, but I do understand where that stigma comes from. Oh, I mean, Cause, people cause, renting out their, uh, you know, offices for 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Some of those well, viral. People, people, <laughs> that do, people that don't know how to properly manage a property yeah. and in turn, let it go to almost desolate, become desolate mm-hmm. and having all these issues pile up. Whereas, you know, you should be taking care of these pro- problems right away. Of course. And what some issues too is some of these, maybe some of these clients or these owners don't know proper people how to fix it. Yeah. And then it becomes half fixed and whatnot. We try our best to try and get things repaired right away if we can and make sure. Yeah, no, so, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, definitely a, a common complaint I've heard from some people with uh, bad uh, landlords there. Of course. I guess, you know, speaking of landlords and tenants, is there any situations that come to mind of maybe a tenant from hell or a landlord from hell that you may have had to deal with? There's some pretty, you know, funky situations. I had a tenant who, after they, we had received an order of possession for the residential tenancy branch and had served it to them, mm-hmm. After they had um, asked us for a few days to move out, which was not an issue as long as you're out. Yeah. Uh, they had. Um, <laughs> oh my god, this is just so ridiculous what they did. They basically turned on all this, all the, all the taps, all the sinks, yeah. and everything in the in the unit. Yeah. Plugged in the toaster, walked out. Jeez. And they caused water damage three floors below. Oh, sorry, it's an apartment. It was an apartment. Oh my gosh. They did, they did this in an apartment. So just out of spite. Just out, of, out of spite. And then they plugged the toaster in, hoping to, if the water rised up enough, someone would go in and get shocked. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It's, um, I wouldn't say I really have any for landlords or any 
clients of ours are terms of because you just fire them if you get that well not even that is if they have any issues with us we just talk to them if they have any complaints like hey i'm really sorry this happened yeah let's work to rectify this yeah whereas we try to do the same thing with on the tenant side yeah but sometimes they have a a conception of how we are Mm -hmm. a concept of how how Blah. They, the tenants sometimes have a, a certain image they have of us in their mind yeah. and they think that we're not able to work with them but like hey no we want to work with you Yeah. but if you don't if you're not cooperative with us we try and work to come together to come solution we have no choice but to act a certain way exactly that's the only thing um, okay on a more spicy note okay <laughs> um, are there any rental laws that you know obviously you're a master of the rent rental tenancy okay. act are there any rental laws that you think, or I guess you know, just shock people when they hear? Oh, um, so it's a bit of the laws and a bit of the process for a tenancy branch. So whenever, if there's a, if you are a tenant or a landlord and you want to file a dispute against um, either party, mm-hmm. uh, apparently you can now use audio recordings as evidence. Oh, with or without the other person's consent, and apparently it's something along the lines of. The evidence outweighs more of the privacy, but I got to look into more of that and know because I could be wrong in the phrasing of that. Yeah. So you can have, you can have a tenant recording you without your knowledge and trying to say something about you and vice versa. Yeah. But without your knowledge, but I got to look into it more because I think it's more detailed than that and more mm. specific in terms of what you're when you're allowed to use it. Yeah. And if you have a te- if you as a property manager or an owner or just a landlord without a property manager company files a dispute application of a tenant not moving out because they're not paying their rent mm-hmm. or you're moving in or you need to do renovations and you got city permit to do that mm-hmm. um, on average if um, the Tennessee branch doesn't award you with an order of possession right away because sometimes that does happen but if the other op- applicant um, files against you on average it's two months for your hearing date unbelievable so if you have, I hate to use this phrasing, a problem tenant mm-hmm. who is causing problems, say, in an apartment complex where they're partying all night mm-hmm. and um, they're causing headaches for everyone around them, mm-hmm. they have to deal with that for two months. Yeah. Even though these people are not involved in the situation at all, yep. they unfortunately have to suffer the consequences of a particular resident not moving out because yeah. of non-payment for rent or just being a nuisance. Yeah, I mean, I actually came to you, I don't know if you remember, a few months back. I had a deal that basically the tenants had to be out for the deal to go through. I was on the buying side. And when I told you the situation, basically just, like you said, problem tenants, uh, refuse to pay, refuse to leave. Like Mm -hmm. you said, realistically, probably three months. Um, And it just, you know, you have to have your trial or whatever. And just, you know, there's such a big backup. Um, So needless to say, I think that's so important about what you said earlier, that you want to make sure you do your due diligence beforehand. Like, you know, to avoid a situation like that. Because at the end of the day, we don't want to kick people out. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, we want to try and make it work a solution with you. If you're Mm -hmm. having, if you're having issues with financial stuff, I won't ever dig into that. But I'm like, listen, I understand if, you know, we try to make a solution work. Mm -hmm. But if you're just saying, oh, I'm not paying and without giving a reason why, we have no choice but on behalf of our client to give you an eviction notice at that point in time. And it's unfortunate, Mm -hmm. but that's the, that's the realistic scenario. I can't go. Sorry, guys. Yeah, well, I'll talk to the owner and then nah, no, we we have to work on we work we work for our client. Exactly, that's the thing. So no, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, I guess one final question for sure. you here before we end things. It's been absolutely wonderful. 
if I was to come to you, yeah, (laughs) if I was to come to you, say I said, you know, Carmine, I want you to rent my property out. How long does it usually take? Would you say on average, let's use a condo, for example, to come in, do everything and have Mm -hmm. it rented out. Okay. So the main thing is we would get the contract signed right away so we can post the ad right away. Yep. It would all depend if we can get a reasonable price amount. Mm Mm-hmm. For that? Let's assume I'm going off, you know, what you're saying okay. and uh, <laughs> not being difficult. I would say on average, if it's if it, was an, if it wasn't December, let's mm-hmm. say that too. If it was a regular uh, time of the year mm-hmm. or it was, uh, you know, having a decent amount of flow of tenants, mm-hmm. I would say on average, maybe two to three weeks. Okay, wow. Two to that's three weeks, I, I would say on average. Yeah. But that's not including any other external factors such as location totally. price uh condition of, of the property yeah. and so forth do you often like say you're going to rent out a property and you know the the carpets are disgusting okay. do you usually say like you know hey guys you think you're gonna have a better chance if you do the floors or do you think it's kind of more rare where the tent the landlord actually has to do these renovations well to get someone the things in? that what i would do actually because of we take care of repairs and we have people on hand we can mm-hmm. refer you people yeah we have pretty decently priced carpet cleaners or mm-hmm. you need a floor a floor guy mm-hmm. we have all that sweet and you guys get quotes because realistically if the carpet is disgusting or has a smell yeah nine times nine to ten you're just gonna have to replace it probably yeah. or you try and get a carpet cleaner in there while they are relatively on the more affordable side for paying for carpet cleaning there's only so much you can do only so much you can do <laughs> you get thing. that blood stain out yeah, yeah well I, I don't even <laughs> No blood stains at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Seriously, yeah. this has been great. I think it's been very informative. Yeah. Um, if you want to give a quick plug to yourself, you are with the Katropa Group. Yep. For anyone that has any real estate or property management needs. Yep. And if you want to give your Instagram. Sure. Uh, I am Carmen Katropa Real Estate. Okay. Um, and our Instagram. Team Instagram is Katropa Group Real Estate, I believe. Let me just double check. Hey, that no worries. Really. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I didn't know double, either. I gotta double check to see what. Um, we are but at. regardless, these guys are experts. We actually work next door to them. They're always on the yeah. phone, masters. Um, yeah, Katropa. It's Katropa Group Real Estate, and my personal um, work account is uh, Karma Katropa Real Estate. So, any questions Perfect. at all? You can sh- shoot me a DM at all, or any questions at all. Perfect. Yeah, make sure to check us out on YouTube. We're Relatable Real Estate. Um, on Instagram, we are Relatable R-E. Relatable R-E Podcast. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. But thank you again for watching. Have a wonderful day and see you in the next one. Thanks again. Take care, guys.